This show is brought to you by our sponsor, Bitheads. They are a staple in the tech community I come from and have done incredible work over the past 18 years with some of the largest brands in the world, including The Simpsons, Tapped Out, Box, Optimal Payments, The New York Times, among many, many, many others. All told, they've built over 500 solutions from enterprise to entertainment. I'm proud to have them as a part of Untether.tv. Please support us by supporting them. Go to bitheads.com. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Untethered.tv. I'm your host and founder, Rob Woodbridge. Way back in December of 2013, that if you're actually watching this in real time, it is within the last year, uh, I sat down with Roy Smith, who is the founder and CEO of a company called HCheck, who had just launched. And uh, we had a great conversation on some actual challenges that were coming down the road for app developers when it comes to marketing towards kids and big dollars and uh, big expense if you don't do it properly. And uh, as a result of, of COPPA, right? And we're going to be getting into this. And if you're interested in that, that, that episode was from December of 2013. And I made him promise that he would come back when the very first uh, ruling against a company happened. And it just so happens that's exactly what has happened recently with two companies. Two companies. One of them you may have heard of, Yelp. The other one is a small um, game development company called Tiny Co. That's an Andreessen Horowitz company. They've both been hit with fines. Uh, so I thought it would be great, and he thought it would be great, to come back and have a conversation about this. We're going to give you five tips for developers out there to be COPPA compliant. We're also going to be talking about what the infractions were that Tiny Co. and Yelp did. But first, I'm going to bring them in. Roy? Welcome back. Thank you. Good to be back. <laughs> um, so all of this happened. Yeah, you were adamant that it was going to take uh, less time, but it happened. And I can only imagine that that you know the legal process must have uh, taken this and uh, kind of made this a little bit longer a process to go through to uh, to find. Um, so I want to talk about this. It happened. What can we do about it? And also what they did wrong in these two companies, Tiny Tiny Co and Yelp. But before we get into that, I'm going to give you an opportunity to talk about the company and uh, let us know what has happened since whence we last got together, which was cold okay. and blustery well, in December. Right. When I last talked to you, we had just uh, launched the company. And uh, I know I'm a mobile guy. I didn't really know a whole lot about the privacy business or the FTC. I know a lot more now. <laughs> but, uh, Do you regret I, uh, starting this company now? Is that <laughs> no, well, I'll tell you, it's really a challenge when you have a company that that is hinged upon the government doing something in a timely manner. I mean, that was a lesson I learned. Uh, but on the other you're just, hand, you're it's, just learning it's this now. Well, but it's wonderful to have the government acting as your your bad guy, driving all the customers to you. So yeah, it, there's a there's a downside to that, which is the government is like the Mississippi River; it do, goes where it wants to go at the rate it wants to go, and I can't change any of that. So I certainly learned that uh, you know what you would think would be conventional wisdom does not <laughs> apply to Washington D.C. It doesn't apply but, to any governments, man. Yes, that's true. Uh, in this case, though, there's specific things with regard to the FTC that I wasn't aware of, uh, which I'm now aware of. And it makes sense. When the FTC uh, pursues an action against a company, it's all done in, in secret. It's not like when I sue Montgomery Wards because they, they did something bad for me. Right. The lawsuit is announced the day it happens. To protect companies who are being targeted by the FTC, nothing is ever announced until it's all over so there's no you don't have a knowledge that these things are underway i'm assuming right now as we speak there's much more going on with respect to COPPA compliance than the two activities that were just announced but so for somebody like me that the end action is what makes our customers say well okay now it's time for us to comply it's been a frustrating year but you know we, we've done you know we've done a lot of uh, Good things. We were able to complete our, uh, you know, our platform. Um, we've built it out so that it's. Uh, we're, we're based on Amazon AWS, so we're really scalable. We just announced uh, yesterday that by the end of the year, we'll be able to process one billion app starts by January first of 2015. So right. we're kind of ready to handle the the big 
companies that are now talking to us as a result of we call it the ice break. The ice is now broken. <laughs> well, it's got to be because they announced these two companies, Tinyco and Yelp, uh, on the same day, didn't they? It wasn't. Uh, yes. or, yeah. So uh, obviously this is, um, you know, this is just the beginning of companies that are going to have announcements like this that are that are out there. You I, hope. I've learned to never make assumptions like that, but I kind of would. I kind of think there are more. I mean, the the FTC tends to try to show an industry, look, here's here's the area that we're going to go after. These are gray areas that maybe we're not. And there's they still have to, uh, you know, the FTC actually had press releases about each of the two actions saying, okay, this shows why, you know, actual knowledge cannot be used as a defense because Yelp did have actual knowledge that kids were using their thing or Tiny Code did have an age gate, but it didn't work. So they, they had press releases ready to show this is why these people are hanging in the, the town square. Uh, <laughs> don't let that be you. So I assume, as you did, that there will be more because there's, uh, you know, the, the the one comment that people would have about the uh, the fines is, is that for companies that are making 10, 20, 50, 100 million dollars a month, you know, $300,000 is not a motivational fine. It's a speed it is it's a sacrifice worth taking for the reach that they have already to this point right and the and the, and the number of people that they have well i do want to talk about that but uh, what else is going on with the company before we we get right into what tinyco and yelp did wrong um or what this infraction was for and around the costs associated with it uh what else is going on with HCheck? Well, we've applied to the Federal Trade Commission to for them to actually approve our whole system as a method for complying with COPPA, which is not something that we're required to do. Anybody can comply with the law in any way they want. But for the customers that we're seeking out, which are big game companies that are throwing around, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars, they really need to have clarity that this is this is what if we do this, we'll be legal. Yeah. This will get us out of hot water. So we've applied to the FTC. That's ongoing. We expect to hear back on that in November. They have a timetable that that goes on. And this is um, what we were talking about in the last episode, which was basically having the age check stamp of approval that that came with it some heft, right? That that. Yeah. No, it's not. Oh. I keep. We aren't approving anything. What we have is a mechanism that a game developer uses to get themselves compliant. So uh, there are things called safe harbor programs yep. where I pay you $10,000 and you look at my stuff and you say, oh, okay, you need to do this, you need to do that. And then I say, your client. And if I continue to do what you said, then I'm safe from the government coming after me. Right. We are not that. That is that's another, else. that's like, well, it's a consulting business. Yep. It's not, it's a linear business rather than what we're doing, which is basically a cloud service that delivers compliance. So we don't examine anything. We don't certify anything. We provide plumbing. We're, you said, you know, you're a plumber. We're plumbers. We provide notices and uh, privacy uh, things and parents can look at things. And it's, it's a lot of back and forth that the law requires. The, the difference is that, Roy, I, I meant it when I said I'm an actual oh. a plumber. Right? Okay. <laughs> I'm just joking. I'm just joking. Um, all right. Well, so what else? Sorry, I interrupted you in the middle of. Well, uh, so the other thing is, is that we've begun to get some partners. Um, we, uh, there's a, a one of the leading ad attribution and analytics companies called Kachava uh, has seen the value in what we're doing, and they have uh, a customer base of about 550 game developers that use them to do attribution for app installs and, yep. and uh, analytics and so on. They are building our uh, service into their service. So anybody who's now a Kachava customer will be able to easily just almost a drag and drop to add HCheck's compliance functionality to anybody who's a Kachava customer. And from our perspective, it's nice because they also, because they're into attribution, they're already connected to 300 some ad networks. So it, the Kachava deal for us forms a really nice uh, what we would call like a narrow canyon that everybody has to go through. And, you know, Kachava's, you know, working with us to offer this system to all the ad networks and all the the uh, game and app developers that are using their service. So that's, that's kind of... That's great. Yes. That's and an we've easy also... Avenue. 
Um, we've gotten uh, away from being a one-trick pony because as we were waiting for this FTC thing, we came up with some other stuff. Um, there's a law in the United States, I know you're Canadian, but it says uh, that if you're a financial institution, if you're a bank, a insurance company, a brokerage, um, or a credit union, you are required to send out a privacy notice, which is a one or two or three page, eight point font legal document that nobody reads. You're required to send that out every year to every one of your customers. And there's a, uh, a update to that law. It's called Regulation P. And instead of the FTC, this one is from the CFPB, which is Consumer Financial Protection Board Bureau. I don't know exactly what that's for, but there's an update to that regulation that says banks can now stop sending that paper form if they deliver the form electronically. And they're encouraged to deliver the form in a way that makes it easier for people to understand than the eight point boilerplate thing. So what we've done is we've used our knowledge of how to deliver privacy notices, kind of what we built for age check. And we've modified that. So we have a whole new side business, which was called privacy check, which we launched two weeks ago. And the function of privacy check would be for a bank or a financial institution. It's a cloud service that would give them a URL that they could put everywhere. And no matter what device the person is looking at it on, they're going to get a privacy notice that's readable and understandable on that device. So it has, if you're on a phone, you're going to get something that's got, you know, buttons on the side to like, I want to get dig deeper yeah. rather than just eight point font, you know, 15 Scrolling, pages yeah. that you scroll. Yeah. yeah. So um, once again, though, we're waiting for that government, <laughs> that <laughs> replacement for the law to be uh, enacted. It's been through the public comment period and we're just in that final phase of, you know, uh, uh, somewhere inside a black box. We're waiting for that to happen. But have you not learned your lesson, Roy? Have you not learned your lesson? Apparently not. It's uh, <laughs> <clears throat> we're getting I know a hell of a lot more about Washington, D.C. now than I did when I talked to you. Last. Do you know, it's, do you know, like uh, I, the way I think of government and this is a total non sequitur. This is totally opposite, you know, away from what we were going to talk about in two seconds. But the way I see government is and I don't mean this in a negative way. I just mean this in an evolutionary way for government is that it started with code. 300 years ago, maybe a thousand years ago, maybe 2000 years ago you when the first code of Hammurabi. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But, but I think that it started with code and it was good back then. And then the world evolved and then they just kept on adding code on top of this code. So there's government and this is how it works. And then they added code. And then they realized that, you know, this code that's all underneath is bad code. Instead of replacing it all, what they did is just bug fixed and they added code on top of bad code to cover the bad code and then it just kind of evolved and and that's what you've got now is that these departments and governments that are bloated with bad code so you can picture that that what you're trying to do should only take 30 days but it takes three years right yeah. because of bad code and because it's the way that they do it i look at accounting that way i look at the legal system that way as well so every time there's a precedent Right. Every time there's a judgment like against Tiny Co and Yelp, it should change the law. It shouldn't just amend the law. It should change it to fundamentally work with our times. But I can't imagine anybody making money in that business, so it stays the same. And that's just well, it's a variation of the of the innovator's dilemma. Yeah, very which much. Is you get a big uh, you get a big bureaucracy. The big bureaucracy is actually not motivated to do anything that would change the bureaucracy, yeah. which would include new laws or modifications things yeah. in a new way that makes sense so yeah well I, neither you nor i are likely to solve no. anytime soon <laughs> oh. and that's why we just press on right and and uh that's why i avoid government at all costs right uh, simply because i so you're my hero for being able to Stand stick in. yeah yeah all right so now the the big challenge here is that you were waiting for something to happen with Tinyco and, and well, well, not with Tinyco, but with this, with COPPA compliance. And finally it landed, these two companies, two, one behemoth that everybody knows and a small company in Tinyco. Uh, how much did they get fined? Well, they might not be as small as you think. Well, I, but you know what? I, I think that the games, the their brand itself is not as big as Yelp, right? Uh, yes, for, I agree. For, for common knowledge. So, yeah. um, and, and in fact, I sat down, I was telling you that I sat down in 2011 with, with somebody from Tiny Co. The, the episode never aired. Um, but, I, you know, I, these, these two companies announced, how much did they get fined? Tell me about them. What were their infractions? 
Okay. Well, the first one that was announced was Yelp, and their their infraction was in taking personal information from children under 13 without their parents' approval. And it turns out that Yelp. Now you got to imagine. Now, what's the use case where a kid is in a restaurant? And he comes outside, and says. I didn't like the way that person served my Shirley Temple. I'm going to get on Yelp and give them a bad review. Exactly. It's the okay, use case. Okay, well, that's what happened. That that some kids under 13 got on Yelp and did reviews. And that a review, which is something that you wrote, and, of course, you have an account. Somehow they were able to create an account, and they were to, able to post stuff. So that is kind of a garden variety violation of COPPA. Yelp, their their answer to that was, well, we did have an age gate, but it didn't work, and it didn't work for four years, from twenty <laughs> from twenty ten to twenty fourteen until we got fined. Our age gate bug was in place, so you can't. I mean, how do you defend yourself against that? I'm sure they they probably just said, "You got us." I mean, yeah. we're. But in, so in the meantime, somehow, but in the meantime, over those four years. Yeah, well, yeah, it wasn't like we had a bug and we caught some PII from kids for a period of two weeks. Yeah. The FTC is not going to do anything about that. I mean, they're just there's so many other places that they could go. This was like an egregious, like, who knows how many times the FTC tested this yeah. to say, well, these guys are just, you know, it's not an, uh, it's not just a one-time thing. How far back did they do this? And if they... If they go and look, I mean, when the kids did type something into the age gate, what did they type? Yeah. Did they type in their actual age? Well, I guess they did because that's how you'd know they were kids. Because <laughs> if they lied and said, well, I'm 40 years old, how would you ever know it was a kid? So the kids are honest, at least. So the, the, kid, <laughs> the, the kids that caused Yelp's problem were the honest ones. But there was enough of them that the FTC said, okay, well, this is a good stalking horse for us to begin oh my you know going after how much and did it cost somehow that? well somehow the ftc came to the number of four hundred fifty thousand, which is like i said last time the the law says you can find them up to sixteen thousand per kid per infraction so that's essentially a blank check for the ftc they can say man you look like a seven hundred thousand dollar guy and then their lawyer is going to say no how about a five and it's you know, it's going to be a, a negotiation of some sort. We don't, we're not privy to that, but they ended up at four hundred and fifty thousand, which for Yelp is nothing. I would say it's not a career-ending fine for anybody at Yelp. The guy, the QC guy, who was supposed to test the age gate for the children for those four years, he's probably working at McDonald's now, <laughs> but maybe not. I don't know. He's in the East River somewhere. That's what happens. No, I, I don't think so. <laughs> I hope he's not, honestly. Um, so, I mean, 450 isn't, I mean, that's no. that's chump change for those guys. It's Like I said, it's not, probably did not end anybody's career. But is it is there a stigma associated with now being uh, in, in uh, you know, um, against COPPA compliant, non-COPPA compliant? Certainly not for Yelp because Yelp doesn't position itself as being a kid-facing thing. Right. Yelp is an example uh, the thing we're going to get into later with the five tips, yeah. there's there's a, a gradient of how many kids are playing my app. Let's say I have an adult-focused uh, game that I don't want kids to be playing. Okay, I really don't have a COPPA problem, except I have to keep kids out of my game. Right. If I'm Angry Birds, kids, anybody from 8 to 80 could be playing my game. Right. So I have to manage how do I deal with kids under 13. If I have a game that is has cartoon characters, it has simple language, it talks about candy. I'm playing a game that's you know it could be for simple people, and then it gets more complicated. You then have to say, well, what is my audience, and how do I deal with the part of my audience that's under 13? And then the last one, the ones at the ends are easy. Yes. If you have a game that's specifically for six-year-olds. You know you need to be COPPA right. compliant, right. and you, every person who plays it, you can assume is a kid. If you have a dating app or a you know gambling thing, you don't want any of those people in, and you can assume that everybody who's coming to your thing is not that, and you do a few things to make sure they're not kids. The hard ones are the ones in the middle that overlap right. that under thirteen. Well, you know, so it's, Yelp did not have that problem. Yelp is. I you know I'd it's say over thirteen. Yes. They they wrote that check. They they paid for the lawyers, which was probably a million dollars. 
and they're going to have to submit to seven years of privacy audits, which will cost them probably 50 grand a year. And it's a pain in the butt because it's like, you know, you know, turn your cough, <laughs> the corporate version of that. But I mean, the everybody focuses on the number, but there's a lot of other there's inconveniences. Like this is basically yeah. like a financial audit, but it's a it's a privacy audit. Right? It's a privacy audit. And Guaranteed ironic, seven years for the next seven well, years. Well, when Facebook got spanked for this a couple of years ago, they had to submit to twenty years of privacy audits. And the privacy audit uh, that resulted in uh, has offers and uh, contagion being thrown out of the Facebook environment, that privacy audit was one of those FTC privacy audits. Wow. So it can wow. sort of trickle down like you, <laughs> yeah. unforeseen circumstances. Now, Facebook's a platform, so they have all sorts of people plugging into them. Maybe Yelp does have, I don't know, Yelp enough if they have APIs or third sure parties. Do. Yeah. Yeah, uh, but privacy audits can expose interesting problems. Well, it, it does, and it's just another added expense and another inconvenience. Uh, nobody likes to be audited in any way, shape, or form. Uh, yes, any kind of government audit is just not fun. I think I've just opened myself up by just speaking about bad code on bad code. That's right. Where's that Woodbridge file? Yes, yeah, the exactly. I don't know how uh, aggressive the Canadian government is, but no, we're laid back. <laughs> it's pretty laid back. I'm just joking. Um, <laughs> Well, I mean, to give you a kind of a sense is that uh, it's still technically not illegal to download things that are from torrents, right? In Canada, okay. there, there's never been, nobody has been prosecuted in Canada for uh, pirating movies, for online movies, right? So uh, they're getting there, but it's like, it's, it's molasses. So, mm -hmm. uh, you know, until then, it's like, it's a free for all. Just come up to Canada and download your stuff. If that's what you don't. If, but, that's, if, if you... that's your thing, yeah. But we support. Not that there's anything wrong with that. No, that's well, what you think. We support. We support. Uh, you know, make allowing content creators to make some money. That's that's the goal here. So don't do that. Uh, so Yelp is one company. So that was Yelp. Yeah. Okay. So TinyCo was announced later in the same day. TinyCo makes a series of apps that are definitely inclusive of children. They would tell you that they're not only they're not for only for under thirteen, but they're certainly child focused. Right. You look at their apps and you can see that they have simple language. They have cartoon characters. Uh, the, the the themes are are childlike. If but you know they're fun games. And uh, one of the interesting things that is that they are the publisher of the Family Guy Quest for Stuff game, yeah. which was not mentioned in this action, but certainly could be in the future. Um, the games that they focused on were the tiny series, right. the, like Tiny Castle, Tiny Monsters, Tiny Village, Tiny yeah. Zoo Friends, right? So these are these are like Smurf Village, basically. It's yeah. a, exactly it's yeah. a line of games that are connected with a brand. And and, and, and one of the key things though is that they're free, and you can do in-app purchasing to accelerate your game, like the Smurf Village. Right? They they are what I call a toll app, which means right. that it's free to get started. But to get to a certain point, you get to a bridge that to cross the bridge, you have to pay something to get past level 23 or whatever. And then it goes on and on. It's like, they also, like so for example, like Heyday is another one of these companies that or another one of these apps that is exactly like that. And and this is where a lot of companies are making a lot of. Yes. Money, right. Well, the freemium model, which yeah. everybody talks about, that's based on what I call a, a toll app, which is it's free for you to start and yep. get hooked on the game. If you like it, that's great. If you don't like it, throw it away. Nobody's you're not out anything. But if you like the game and you begin to get into it, you're going to get to a point where we need you to buy something for you to keep going. Yep. You got to buy Smurf berries or gasoline or whatever is inside the game. So they are a, an example of a freemium app that is monetized with in-app purchases right the thing the in-app purchases were not their problem this this whole area is very confusing for people because there's three i did a post on my blog about this there's three hot rails three third rails uh nice. for for developers there's content which is what is inside the app if you have violence or sex that's a problem commerce which is how do you make money is it with advertising or with in-app purchases and then the third is privacy. What information do you capture from the kid and what do you do with it? And it's so easy to get off on the different rails when you really talk like COPPA is only about privacy. COPPA doesn't care if your app has, you know, killer Nazi suicide, you know, babies or anything like that. There's no content component to COPPA. 
And COPPA doesn't care about in-app purchases either, except from the perspective of the privacy that is- What information is being exchanged. Is, is interacted with to do the in-app purchases. So this whole in-app purchase stuff where, where the FTC is going after Amazon and Apple and Google, people think that's about COPPA. It is not. There's no COPPA component to that. It's fair trade practices. It's people understanding what they're buying when they're buying stuff and having stuff appear on their credit cards, like, well, my kid bought $3,600 worth of, you know, lives for this game that he loves. I thought I didn't see him that weekend, you know? So (laughs) it's a very confusing world with respect to children's games because of those three issues. But but they they are so distinct, right? So when you talk about payments- Well, they're they're very interrelated though. Yeah. They're interrelated. But with respect to TinyCo, they uh, were a very well monetized game. And by that, I mean, they had things to get you to get your friends to play. Mm. They had things to keep your high score and post it on Facebook so that people would say, I can beat you and do that. All these tried and true methods of ramping up uh, monetization, making money, which no, no problem with that. The thing that they didn't do well was to say, you're under 13 you can't be a part of all this stuff that involves specifically targeting you by capturing your name your email address your facebook post etc so uh they are they too are kind of a garden variety it's like textbook look you guys here's coppa you guys really didn't do any of the (laughs) stuff you're supposed to do it's not there was no gray area there it was very clear. What do you think? So their their fine was three hundred grand, and I have no idea how that number was arrived at. It's arbitrary. So, but three hundred versus four hundred fifty thousand. Uh, but I mean, what do you think? Do you think that these two companies, and do you think every company out there, do you think anybody's taking COPPA seriously, even after these fines uh, were levied um, at this point? I know they're all they're all taking it seriously because it's a sword hanging over the entire industry's head. Same story I told you. Yeah. Nine months ago, uh, nine months ago, I was at this game show, and only a quarter of the people that I talked to at the game show really knew what COPPA was. That situation has changed, and I would say that all professional game development companies, anybody who's got a payroll, more than two or three people, they know about COPPA. The exception I would give you to that is foreign companies who are coming in. Uh, we have seen some foreign companies that just don't understand COPPA, and I think they're probably going to that's going to cost them. The, if the FTC decides to say, okay, well, here's an example of a bad actor. Is it, this is a company that's based in another country that doesn't have COPPA. That doesn't matter to us. If you're in the United States, you have to comply with our laws. Bango. You know, so uh, that has changed. The, the industry is well aware of, of COPPA. And over the course of the spring and the summer, you know, we've talked to everybody you can talk to in the industry and made them aware of our product, of course. And they kind of all said, yeah, you know, when we feel that we have to do that, your, your thing looks good. But we don't feel that we have to do it because, you know, until two weeks ago, there, there had no- been no. So, I mean, why do you think that this is going to push um, U.S. based companies to not release in the U.S. and just kind of go outside of the country and monetize through different countries. I know for countries? a fact that that's. I wouldn't. I wouldn't limit it to U.S.-based companies, but I know for a fact there are companies that are choosing to not release their games in the United States because of this. I mean, it's like it's very confusing. You know, there's a lot you have to do. You, you basically, from their perspective, you have to hobble your game by asking for the parents' approval if it's a kid. The reason that that attitude, I think, is going to be short lived is these privacy laws are beginning to appear everywhere, you know, in in the world. There's there the EU. There's the EU has general data privacy laws. Uh, There's stuff going on in Indonesia. There's a a law coming that we know of in Japan. Uh, China's probably it's, you know, whatever you want to do there. But uh, in general, in a couple of years, everybody's going to have laws like this because it's the right thing. I mean, these it kids don't know what they're doing. Yeah. So that's a short that's a short term attitude. But I have heard that from very major game developers. Well, okay, we're just not going to, you know, we're not going to make that. We're not going to put that into the U.S. App Store. We'll just take it elsewhere. Wow. Well, if you're going to do that, come on up to Canada. Launch in yeah. Canada. No, I'm just I'm teasing. And, and take you- off, eh? 
Exactly. Take off, eh? Come on up, eh? We're a welcoming country. Bring your wraps up here, hoser. Exactly. We don't care about our kids. 13 and under. For sure. Fair game. No, it's not true. You know what? But I, I think, it, you know, there's a balance here as well. It's like Coppa needs to do like for 13 and under and they need to do like for 65 and older, right? So there's a compliance on both sides of the spectrum that has to be there. Yeah. It, that's what we need is more regulation. Good well, idea. You, you know what? Might as well. Just heap it on. <laughs> Uh, you know, and we talked about this in December is that, you know, what is the impact on the uh, on the uh, ecosystem? Right. So, you know, when you when you hear about companies that don't go into the U.S., which is, you know, predominantly the largest market smartphone market uh, on the planet right now, when it comes to applications, you would say that China is emerging at a very, very fast rate. Um, but it's a different market and it's a more difficult market if you don't have a partner in there. So everybody looks to the states because it is relatively simple compared to being in market in China, especially on the Android platform, uh, you know, because China is splintered and there's no Google in, in, in China right now. Um, but, but that can have a huge impact on the ecosystem that we love dearly, right? This mobile ecosystem as a result of this. So I, I might be joking about this stuff, but this is very serious. And it's very serious if you're a small company, uh, maybe smaller than TinyCo, and it's a big company, but smaller than TinyCo, and you get slapped with an arbitrary fine and the legal costs that are associated with that, and it will bankrupt many companies that I know. Any independent developer uh, could not withstand a, a real COPPA fine. But I would also say that it's not the FTC's goal to put people no, out of business. No. So they are it's, pro pick, it's to protect kids, right? And right. Yeah. They're, they're going to pick their targets. They don't want to be seen as, well, the FTC find this company out of existence. Yeah. Unless the company is just a complete bad actor. I mean, there's... I get notices from the FTC every day. They did actually put some fake debt collectors out of business, and yeah. they said you can never be in this business. I mean, nasty stuff. But they're not going to do that with game developers. No, no. They're, they're they you know they want to selectively enforce the law in a way that gets the entire industry to to abide by it. And there will always be bad actors, and there will always be people who do everything the right way. It's wow. just like real world. Just like exactly, <laughs> and this is and that's exactly what they're what they're trying to do. And, and you know, I think that uh, the more awareness that we can bring about what is necessary, I mean, it's going to help your business. But for, for my own personal uh, reasons, it's you know what we have to do things that are right by this industry. And and to do that, you also want to make sure that you're you're not crossing a boundary, an ethical boundary, a moral boundary, and a legal boundary when you're building your game. You just have to know these things. And if you know, then we've done our job. I read a really good thread. I, I don't know. I think it was on Stack Overflow or, or somewhere where people were whining about COPPA. And one guy got on with a really good point. I said, he said, you guys don't realize this means that our market is, is getting to be a mature market because it's been the Wild West. Yeah. People have been doing whatever the hell they want. Occasionally, they get off out of bounds and Apple throws them out of the App Store because they do this or that. But it's really kind of been the Wild West in the app business, the fact that the government is starting to regulate this stuff, which is, nobody says COP is a bad law and it shouldn't be in They don't like the way you have to uh, abide by it. But this guy's point was, this is a good thing because it means that we are a mature industry and we're now going mainstream because everything that's mainstream has all these government controls on it. You know, TV, radio, a newspaper, you know, that you can't, there's laws to say you can do this, you can't do that. And so apps are just becoming another form of uh, expression that is government controlled. And that's a good thing. So I, I agreed with him wholeheartedly. I thought it was a wonderful point. It's very interesting, right? When, yeah, when you, when you get the eye of the government on you. That means that that you're here. You've to achieved yeah. a, a certain level of meaningful uh usefulness in the world that is that is like you know what it, it's such an i mean I, it's an oxymoron right is it because you know the reason that everybody loves mobile is because and e-commerce and mobile commerce is that the the unregulated feel right and remember I, I i'm old enough to remember the taxation issues when it comes to e-commerce right is that how do you pay taxes on, online when i buy something in california am i paying california tax am i paying canadian tax i mean and, and during that whole debate, right, is that don't tax the internet. And remember all that time. And and uh, now we're past all that and we just accept what it is. Yeah. And, and at a certain point, it became obvious that it had to be taxed because it was a real percentage of all the commerce. Right. When it was just a little thing, it was like let, like a little fire, like just let it burn, you know. Let it go. So, so we, by virtue of the fact that we're now beginning to be regulated in the app industry, we're now Pop there. Up. Yeah. Wow. 
but I, you know, I, I, I will never, and I promise you, he said, I understand the point, but I will never cheer government intervention. I will never say, yes, we've made it because governments are regulating us now. God, because I'm the yeah. guy who sits at the, the traffic light and they said, who, who decided that red means stop? Really? Right? So <laughs> did you invent the question mark? Exactly. I, that was <laughs> exactly. I just don't know. I don't know where this is going, but I know you have some, now it's a glimpse into me that you just should never have had, right? First uh, the plumber, now this. It's like, why does red mean stop? I want to, I want to contest that. And uh, yes, so probably, if I'm not, if I'm not around, if you look that way, up on Wikipedia, it's probably because it was, there were bloody rags somewhere. That's that probably said it. it was, the influenza was there or something. You know, I never thought about that. It's because exactly, don't go here, there's death. That's probably what it yeah. meant. Well, now I have to know. I'll let you. I'll let all of you know on the next right. episode why. All right, <laughs> but but that's I don't believe in it. That's all a right. homework item. It is, but you you uh, put together uh, uh, the five tips. I mean, because uh, you know what I'm hoping is that people are are now aware of it. And you said it was 25 percent who understood it nine months ago. Is it over 50 percent now? Do you think, or is it? Well, I I would tell could tell you better after I go to this the same show, which is in November, which yeah. is the Game Developers Convention, but. Uh, we did go to that show uh, in March, and uh, the people we're talking to, nobody has to have COPPA explained to them anymore. Yeah, so it is it is definitely getting on the radar screen. Yelp and, and TinyCo are helping to do that. Way to and, go, guys. <laughs> Thank you very future, much. You know, I believe there's going to be future stuff from the FTC. That's not the end of it. Yeah. They'll, they'll probably do at least several more by the end of the year. Now, that's my crazy quote that we can talk about on the Next the next one. He, he thought they were going to do more by the end of the year. They folded up. They decided not to cover it. They, uh, <laughs> that was it. Tiny Co. was the high water bar. That was it. The two companies on a day. You've been waiting all year for that moment, and then it, it passed. Um, but, you know, I find it interesting because uh, ultimately you could look at some algorithms. You could, you could do a lot of work, you, at AgeCheck, to say, listen, you, company X, company Y, are the, I would say, are the, in the top 10 targets for the FTC to come after for COPPA compliance. I'm telling you this now as a warning, like I'm a precog in COPPA compliance. I am, I'm telling you, you are gonna be next if this happens. So uh, you could do like the top 10 um, companies that are, are, are ultimately going to be, uh, you know, hit by the FTC, right? Do you ever think about doing that? Uh, I know you're marketing. that that is not an effective sales methodology. <laughs> no, you're screwed. Yeah. <laughs> We, we did that occasionally uh, when we would find egregious you know problems and we would tell people about it. But because of some of the wacky wording of the, of the, the FTC law, people uh, in some cases were advised by their attorneys to not talk to us at all because of this. There's a thing in the law that says actual knowledge. Oh, if so you have acceptance. actual knowledge that under 13 oh. kids are playing your app, you are then required to treat them with COPPA. If you have no knowledge of under 13s playing your app, you're free to go and you do whatever you want. So there were attorneys that said, well, for us Don't to preserve the potential to say that we had no knowledge, we cannot talk to a company that has COPPA compliance services. Wow. So yeah, wow. it's a wacky thing. That's the way the law was written. We knew exactly what would happen. You'd call them and they would be very nice and say, oh yeah, we're interested in that. And then You'd stop hearing from them. They wouldn't return calls. They would, you know. So we know exactly what was happening. They were advised, do not talk to that company because that will jeopardize our actual knowledge argument if we ever choose to make that. Oh, my God. That so is, that, to answer your question, that is not a valid not effective. Uh, sales. <laughs> no, Rob, that will <laughs> we, not work. We do actually have a tool for uh, any game or app developer. It's a four-question survey that you can take that you give them your email address and it'll send you a very detailed listing of whether your app is or is not COPPA compliant and why. Right. And that's at coppasurvey.com. So anybody can go to coppasurvey.com, www.coppasurvey.com, and answer the four questions and give an email address. And the, the, the result that you'll get is a really pretty, really nicely formatted email that says, based on what you told us, this is your COPPA issue. And the reason it's formatted that way is because it's for a product manager who would do this on their product and would say to their management, forward this email to your manager, look, this is what we have as an issue. Can we deal with this? Yeah. So now it's not us 
doing it. It's it's a it's a survey that I took online, and um, so we encourage everybody to to take a look at that if they want to see what their cop exposure is. And I guess the other, the other alternative is uh, to uh, tell all the 13-year-olds in the world to lie about their age. Don't need to. They'll, they'll do that on their own. How are your boys doing with that, by the way? Exactly. I'm like, are you guys on Facebook yet? Like, no, God. <laughs> they're only seven. Give them till they're eight. Oh, but, I, I thought they were a little older. Okay. No, but you know, the, the striking thing is that kids in their class, seven-year-olds, eight-year-olds, are walking around with iPhone and Instagram accounts, right? And, and, and eight years old girls on instagram guys on facebook and and that is i mean i'm looking at coppa uh, you know coppa right there like these are kids that that their parents oh, absolutely so uh, but you know, that's that's an example of why coppa is really needed because mom needs to mom needs to approve that if your daughter is on instagram an yeah. eight-year-old daughter I mean, think of this bad no, stuff that could happen as a result. An underground drug nation in, on Instagram that has just been exposed, right? So you start to think about if there's bad people to infiltrate, they've infiltrated it all, right? And and I think yeah. that's the key. And you know, one of one of uh, my kids' friends um, uh, posts videos, uh, you know, Minecraft videos to YouTube, and I'm like, you know what? But you're you're eight. You can't do that. You're not legally allowed to do that. But he does, right? So, and he says, who's stopping me? Nothing. Nobody's stopping him. Yeah. Right? And, and right. how did you get on? I just registered. How did you do that? Right. Through the YouTube app on my my iPhone. Like, well, you, you have an iPhone that's connected to the internet and you're eight years old? First, shame on you, parents. Right? But... Uh, that's, that's what the whole iPod Touch is really for, is yeah. parents who give... I mean, your kid... I understand why you would give a kid a phone maybe a, a flip phone until right. they get to be 13 and have an iPod touch to play the games. Yep. But when you connect the phone to all of that capability for your, you know, voice recordings, video recordings, GPS location, email addresses, Twitter accounts, oh. it just goes on and on. And it's nervous. Yeah. Well, well this, this is why COPPA is a good law. It's very hard to, to comply with, but it, it does a very good thing. Yes. Well, I'm gonna, now I'm going to just go lock my kids in the basement. That's illegal, though, I think. Yeah. That's definitely, that's a different just kind of legality, right? Just turn off your router. Exactly. <laughs> All right. Well, let's, you have five tips for app developers okay. to be COPPA compliant. Uh, do you want to right. run through through those? Um, I, I mean, it's I can like talk it. about this all the time. I'm always very concerned about my kids' safety when it comes to online and certainly in the mobile space. Um, and I think that I've done a good enough job teaching them uh, that it's not it's a privilege right now to use a connected device. It's not a right for them. And everything that has to do with anything that's connected, whether it's in a, a DS game or Minecraft or any kind of app that they that they're playing on on the say an, an iPad, um, they know very well to come to me before they make a decision, a buy decision, a yes decision, and uh, and so we, we've trained them. Well, but they're seven. Yes, but they're when they're seven, nine, they won't do that. Well, they won't do that when they're twelve. No, no, no. I'm telling you not. that right now. I know that. I know that's. That. I mean, that's really the 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 break point is like eight, nine years old. That's where they start to figure out. Hey, you know, I can. I don't have to tell them. Can, when they ask me for my age, I don't have to put in the age, the year I was born. I could put in like nineteen eighty, and then I can do all the fun stuff. You know, that's. That's the problem. All right. So, what can these app developers do to be COPPA uh, compliant? Roy, okay. Is there anything? Point, yeah. Point one is design for privacy, which means don't ever capture anything that you don't absolutely need to, for vitally for your app or game to work. So, if you need want to get somebody's address, really think hard. Do I need their full address? Am I ever going to mail them anything? Do I just need their name? Maybe that's, you know, less data you have, less problem you can get into. Um, you have to be aware that even uh, persistent identifiers, like electronic uh, identifiers, not something that you ask the person for. Like if you capture the person's ID for advertisers, which is called IDFA, if you do anything with that, that is considered PII by COPPA. So is, well, UDID, you're not allowed to use anymore, right. but that was an example of an electronic identifier. Um, this was where I'd mentioned, uh, test your app for its COPPA exposure at www.coppasurvey.com. Right. Point number two is know your audience. So we got into that before where you have apps that absolutely don't want anybody under 18 or 21 playing, gambling, uh, social networking, dating, 
then you have these gray areas of, well, 15-year-olds could play the game. Anybody could play the game, like Angry Birds. That's general purpose. If you're a developer of a general purpose game, you need to think about designing the game in a way that there is a path that a person who's under 13 can still play the game, but maybe they can't post on Facebook. Maybe they don't have their high score posted on Game Center. Or it's like you have to, it's almost like a demilitarized zone. Like you think when you're designing the game, think about having two paths. One path is for the monetized, which is the people that can buy in-app purchases and look at ads. And the other path is for the non-monetized, which is under 13. Um, tricky, yeah, know your audience and then adjust your app appropriately. Like I said, the easy ones are the ones that are definitely for kids and the ones that are definitely not for kids. The harder ones are the ones that have a full audience and you have to figure out what to do. Kappa says you can't ask a kid how old they are and if they say they're a kid, shut them down. You can't do that because they didn't want, you know, you can see what would happen. Every app would just say, are you a kid? End of game. And now nobody's going to make games for kids. So the law actually says you can't do that. So you have to, you have to have some kind of a reasonable way for the kid to play the game that's not PII capturing. Hmm. Uh, and the next point three is consider monetization. If you do in-app purchases or you display ads, make sure you do that outside of this demilitarized zone that you're going to make for under 13. So if you have an under 13 section, make sure your code says don't display ads in there because an ad, the, the main thing that caused COPPA 2 to happen was behavioral targeting in ads. Uh, people said, man, kids are just, this is like shooting fish in a barrel for kids. You know, you did this, so now I'm going to show you this ad, and they're going to take that, that ad path and maybe buy another app and, and so on. So make sure that your monetization matches your demilitarized zone. Uh, this one is based on uh, Yelp. It's test your age gates. Mm. <laughs> if you, if <laughs> it you, doesn't have one of these, you have one of these general purpose or wider audience apps, Make sure your age gates work. Um, Seems logical to me, Roy. It's like I don't think you can explain that. $450,000 advice free from me. <laughs> uh, well, the final one is a little bit self-serving, which is don't try to comply with COPPA yourself. There are ways that you can uh, comply with the law without having to build all of this stuff yourself. The, the worst part of it is the law is written in a way that says that each developer has to verify each parent of each kid that plays their game and have a relationship with that parent. And that's just not, that could not possibly work in today's world because, you know, kids get new games five or six times a week. And if a parent had to verify their identity five or six times a week, that would be the end of the game business. So this is the solution that we've provided, which is kind of like a central uh, dashboard that parents sign up for, they verify their identity once, and then they look at what an app does and approve it from any number of vendors. We're trying. We think we should be the central, you know, industry uh, control point for that. Like kind of like PayPal. That's the analogy I've yeah. used. Yeah. So those are my five tips. Those are good. Design for privacy. Know your audience. Consider monetization. Test your age gates. Jeez. Like test your age gates. Fifty thousand dollars worth of advice right there, free of charge. And don't try to do this all by yourself. Start to leverage the tools, something like AgeCheck. So go to agecheck.com, A-G-E-C-H-E-Q.com. One, one final point. It's not going to cost you. Our service is built to support both huge developers and indies. If you have less than 2 million users, our service is completely free. And we have SDKs for iOS native, Android native, Corona, Unity, HTML5, and we got two more coming. One of them is uh, Cordova, and I think the other one is Hacks. So we you can't everyone. say that we yeah. can't say that we've made it hard for you to do this. Yeah. Uh, well, and and so check them out. Go to agecheck.com. Please take a look at this. Understand what it is that you need to do, and keep coming back and referring to this. If it's okay with Roy, I'm going to offer this his five tips as a download. Is that okay if I do that? 
Totally fine. Okay, so you can come to untether.tv and uh, and find this episode wherever you are from, and you can download these five tips. And then, of course, you can reach out to Roy anytime. Just go to hcheck.com. Man, this has been great. I can't wait to do this again. I mean, I can, but I can't, right? Uh, it means, hopefully... You know, what this does is it creates that awareness. It, it starts to put it in the ear. So when you are at a game developer conference in the fall, late late fall, early winter, I guess, um, that people now, that goes from 25% a year ago to 85% are understanding. And then uh, we don't have to go down this path of m- multiple uh, hundreds of thousands of dollars or even millions of dollars of, of fines. Uh, let's protect our kids by by uh, helping, helping Roy grow his business. Which is <laughs> <laughs> that? Uh- I wouldn't have ended it that way, but well, you know, okay. I'm just, but you know what it is. It's it's like when, when there are opportunities like this, where where you are out in front of something like this that is that has a huge impact on our industry, um, and I don't see anybody else doing these things. Like these are the kind of things that that we all have to support in order to be able to make it easier for these app developers to be able to to go and and make a living. Independent app development is a viable living. It frees you from maybe the crap work that you're doing for some other company. It allows you to follow your path. And then if if the threat of COPPA compliance stops you from doing that, here's an opportunity for you independent developers to be able to go and do this right away without any without a cost associated with it. And then when you reach a threshold where there is a cost, it's mean it means that you've made it in the industry, but at least you've given yourself a chance. And that's why I say that to go and support something like AgeCheck simply because it's something that is necessary and it's going to help these app developers. So it's not and it, I'm not saying go and spend lots of money. I'm saying just go and use the service and and make sure that you don't get that surprise knock on the door from the FTC and a $400,000 fine and $50,000 a year in compliance because you're going to go bankrupt. You're going to have to go back and work for the government, the very same government that shut you down. How's that? <laughs> oh, man. I'm going to end this, uh, Roy, before I... Did you I... get a flag waving in the background <laughs> as like some hymns or something? That is my sermon for the day, Roy. <laughs> thank you for your patience, man. Uh, and thank you for being on Untether.tv again. Thanks, as, as usual. Happy to come on anytime. Yeah, we will have you back. We have been speaking, <laughs> if you'll come back, we've been speaking with Roy Smith, who is the founder and CEO of a company called AgeCheck. Go to agecheck.com, A-G-E-C-H-E-Q.com. Come back to untether.tv to download his five tips for app developers to be COPPA compliant and be COPPA compliant. Be safe out there and keep our kids safe. Until the next time, see you later, everybody. Thanks, Roy.